Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Today's episode is brought to you by our listeners and supporters over on our Buy Me A Coffee page. Thank you to all who support the show by giving our show a listen, leaving a review or comment, following us on Twitter, or sharing the show with your friends and family. If you want to support the show further, check out our BMAC page for more information. Link will be in the description below. Additionally, I'd like to take a moment to shout out a fellow content creator, one well beyond my skill level and who has done a lot of good for the FNAF community. King Carter, the creator of Pop Goes Fan Series, has just released his first game with the Fazbear Fanverse Initiative. For those of you who have been part of the fandom for a while, you probably recall this game becoming popular with the community, especially after Mark Park's play development. The Fanverse Initiative was Scott's way of taking fan games that grew a large traction within the community and get the creators both the recognition and compensation they deserve for putting such hard work and dedication into their craft. If you are a fan of Final Freddy's or enjoy classic turn-based RPGs, I highly recommend you check out the game Pop Goes Arcade on Steam. A retro-style RPG on an arcade machine in the Pop Goes Pizzeria, this fun, colorful, and mysterious adventure will introduce you to new characters like Pop Goes the Weasel and Minora the Mouse, but with no attention taken away from the classic FNAF characters like Chica the Chicken and Fox the Pirate. If that sounds like fun to you, a link will also be in the description below, so be sure to at least check it out. It'll take you less than a minute, and the game's a lot of content, and I personally enjoyed my time with it. Be sure to give Kane and his team my regards. This is Dr. X.H. Balthazar. I'm broadcasting in the hopes of reaching an audience with an interest in my field of study. Through my years of research, I have scoured the globe in search of the unordinary and uncanny. Some of you may call those finds myths, folklore, or even urban legends but I can assure you they are nothing of the sort. New episodes every Friday. Listen to Fear Frequency wherever you get your podcasts. For more info, go to storicmedia.com. Hello, and welcome to Into the Night a Finance Freddy's podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and thank you for listening. 
The Freddy Fazbear Virtual Experience is near completion. The final QA tests have concluded, and a report from Vanessa states she encountered no glitches or bugs in her final playthrough. Whatever anomaly she said she was having with the game had apparently been fixed, despite the developers not knowing exactly what anomaly she was dealing with. But they hadn't encountered what she had been talking about. The game would always run fine for them. But they did take her comments seriously, of course. They needed to make sure this game was released in a polished and as a complete state as possible. Because the deadline for Fazbear Entertainment was coming close, and it was absolutely more important than how polished this disheveled spaghetti code nonsense that had been given was. It's not like they could ask for more time, that was the whole reason Fazbear Entertainment had hired them, to release a product on time. But it was probably easier to reattach limbs cut off bodies than untangle the mess that Silver Parasol Games delivered them. Plus, Vanessa was so adamant, almost hysteric when she talked about this glitch sometimes. Some of the developers just thought they had done such an excellent job making a horror game that she was literally having panic attacks seeing things. However, others took it more as a problem that Fazbear Entertainment's consumers could run into. They didn't like how Silver Parasol lawsuit was being handled, and they certainly didn't want a legal legal showing up on their doorstep. A few days after Vanessa's last QA test, some developers looked into the game's files to start looking for a needle in the haystack. They went to their PC settings and changed their view mode to look for any hidden files, folders, or programs in the game's code that they could have missed. Lo and behold, missed something they did. A hidden document file of unused gameplay, character models, music, and textures, an entire other game hidden within the code. It was broken and poorly optimized, but it was absolutely salvageable given enough time. The folder was simply labeled DLC. The developers were ecstatic. With the game reaching its final stage, they could absolutely use this as a head start to show off more content to Fast Entertainment, possibly getting the company to extend their contract with them. The team didn't have that many big games. They had games they were proud of, absolutely, but nothing that broke the mold, so to speak. Having a brand like Fastbird Entertainment supporting them would absolutely boost their audience as well as their bottom line. It worked best for everyone. The developers would make more money, Fastbird Entertainment would make more money, the consumers would get more of the game they enjoyed, and for Vanessa, it allowed her the opportunity to get the headset back on, as well as add some of her own ideas into the game. While the developers scramble to debug the game, anything could easily slip in from any developer on the team. If on the surface it looked like it always belonged in the files, why would the developers check on something like the creation date? After she wrapped up the last QA test, Vanessa had a flash of inspiration and went to work at her home. She wasn't the best with homemade, but she could learn, and she could try. She had to try. She had to make it when the idea was in her head. She quickly went to a party supplies and arts and crafts store to make something up for the future. Until then, she began sketching her idea on paper and, eventually, started to model her idea on the computer. When she had finished her masterpiece, a small teaser for what she had in store, the developers were already scheduling her to test out the new DLC content. It explained in various meetings, it was like a Halloween DLC. Pumpkins, candy, chocolate, and spooky robots. The main theme surrounded a robot named Dreadbear. 
a robotic-looking Freddy that appeared to be some spoof on a Frankenstein's monster. Vanessa was able to sneak into the development team program with ease. All she had to do now was integrate her file from flash drive to the hard drive. She dragged the file to the program document and began to transfer it. The loading bar slowly crept, agonizingly slow as if someone behind the screen was trying to hold the progress bar. The screen flashed red and black momentarily before returning to her desktop. When she checked her flash drive, her model was gone. When we should check the games file, the program had auto-transferred to the DLC folder. It automatically found a perfect hiding spot, but it restricted how she could access it in the game. She tried to move the model file to a menu section, maybe in the minigame rewards rotation, but the file wouldn't budge. It was locked into a level in the game, guarded by one of the DLC's new monsters. She needed to get it out of where it was located if she wanted to show it to him. She had to get it out of its prison. Okay, so I maybe ad-libbed the majority of that. The real answer is that the game doesn't exactly give a solid reasoning behind the DLC and why it's playable for QA testing despite the original not being released yet. Not to mention how one also doesn't really go into detail about the new dev team that Vanessa works with so we only have to hypothesize on what they were doing and the reaction to whatever Vanessa reported to them. Regardless, DLC content was implemented in Help Wanted and in the Freddy Fazbear virtual experience. Whether through some parasol, the new unnamed dev team, or through something more insidious, we are made unaware. But Vanessa did implement her own idea into it, and it was locked away in a place the dev team couldn't find. So if she wanted to find her work and show it to him, she would have to strap on that VR headset one last time and dive into the game. This is episode 17, The Curse of Dreadbear. Thank you. 
off of her and of the thought of joining her in a long, dark sleep in which no one can awaken from. Congratulations! It appears you have been granted access to additional holiday content. Press the special button in the candy pail to enter the Halloween hub. Keep in mind that this DLC pack is nothing more than a festive holiday-themed add-on, which has absolutely no hidden intent or purpose. So, have fun! Vanessa was greeted with a nice surprise when she loaded into the game, after checking to make sure the green rabbit plush was still by her side, of course. A bowl of candy shaped as Chica's cupcake with a button inside was resting on the minigame selection screen. It was oddly wholesome to see. She wasted no time and pressed the button. Her screen faded and when her vision returned, she was met with the sound of an old film reel being played. The projector was playing a movie on the side of a barn like an old drive-in movie. Pumpkins were plentiful, some carved caricatures of the Frasbear band on them, as hollow-out jack-o'-lanterns. TVs were planned sporadically, receiving only visual static. Lightning crackled from above, causing Nessa to look up above the barn, where she spotted a large figure leaning over to look at her. A bear with glowing yellow eyes the size of a building was watching her with a disturbing gaze. It wasn't like a normal Freddy, but a mangled version of him. Looking around her were woods, where she spotted other members of the band like Bonnie and Foxy, albeit withered and decaying and positioned almost like scarecrows. Once she entered into the menu, she was greeted with the outskirts of a farm. A rickety barn was barely standing to her right, and many pumpkins and hay bales were littered around the area. To the left, Vanessa found a tractor in a black, inky lake. Above it, a blood mood hanging in the green sky. Behind her was a small wooden stage with a banner over it reading, Fall Fest 83, and a rusty car with headlights on next to it. In front of her was a familiar monitor with the level selected from the previous hub returned. Behind it, a scarecrow could be seen, and way back in the distance, a house on a hill that looked strikingly the house featured in the menu of Final Fantasy IV was resting. In fact, many things that surrounded Vanessa were things that referenced FNAF 4, something that Vanessa wouldn't be knowledgeable in, but we the audience can see references all over the place here. This includes the return of the nightmare animatronics reappear in the level selection spooky mansion hallway crawl. The level even ends with the player reaching the bedroom from the game they starred in. Other options include a remix of FNAF 1 with a new mechanic called Danger Keep Out, and another batch of minigames with brand new mechanics not seen in the original Help Wanted called Afraid of the Dark. Now, it would be redundant for me to discuss every single level of the DLC, as some of these are clearly meant to just be fun games for the players, not Vanessa, I mean the actual players, to enjoy. Things like Foxy's shooting gallery minigame or Trick or Treat where you have to watch animatronics scurry about through a window to see who's coming to answer a door don't really have any lore presence. But, and I admit this is my own personal theory, 
I believe some of these elements seem to be intentional in referencing FNAF 4, and I don't think it's just because many consider the game to be the scariest into the series. I submit that some design choices made in this game are intentional references calling out a certain anomaly, aka the Glitchtrap virus. Let's go over a handful real quick before we get into the Vanessa hunt for her missing project. For starters, let's talk about the namesake itself, the Curse of Dreadbear. Dreadbear's minigame showcases that this monster is an absolute riff on Frankenstein, but listen to Hanyu's instructions closely and tell me if you can't see a little subtext going on in his dialogue. Welcome back to Research and Development. Today, we are using science to pervert the mysteries of life and reanimate the inanimate. To begin, it is customary for the creator to give a melodramatic speech. Go on, I'll wait. All done? Good job. Now let's wake our little experiment with a controlled shock. Throw the switch, then lower the platform. For me, when I hear this dialogue, it almost sounds like subtle mocking of none other than William Afton, a man we know who studied with Remnant to reanimate the inanimate in order to obtain immortality. It then goes further on referring to him as a mad and melodramatic, a scientist which when you consider experiments with the Fontaine-Mannotronics, who can be controlled and tortured with controlled shocks, this comparison is somewhat apt. And let's talk about the name for a second, Dread Bear. It's obviously a pun on Fredbear, aka Golden Freddy's original Springlock mascot, but it's how they use this character that's important. Think back to FNAF 4. When the crying child was fading away after the bite of 83, he heard the words, I will put you back together. Did he not? Now, I do not believe that William ever attempted to rebuild or revive his youngest son. From what we know of William, he sees his children as either disposable tools or inconvenient obstacles. But there is a theory that I haven't discussed yet that surrounds his kids and Fredbear. A question that has popped up ever since FFPS. Where does William get his remnant? It's possible that William obtained his first batch of this element through the animatronic that murdered his own son, or possibly the Fredbear plushie kept so close to him. What if that reason why there was a Fredbear plush in William's secret office and still location wasn't just there to be a context clue for the player to know William placed spy cams on his youngest son's favorite plush toy? but rather an item he experimented on because of the remnant it contained. It's possible, but I believe the true intention of this minigame is simply lambasting William as a crazed, lonely, and self-absorbed man who will never be recognized for his achievements. This game is more so a parallel of William creating the Fontaine animatronics, but a satirical view that lessens his achievements. Well done. It's time to introduce the creature to the kids for focus testing and troubleshooting. Moving on, we also have the entirety of Danger Keep Out. This remix of FNAF 1 involves the return of the Jackal animatronics from FNAF 4's non-canon Halloween DLC. The catch is, instead of a metal door, you instead have wooden boards nailed to the doorway blocking animatronics from getting in. 
and if the burning jack-o'-trainer was getting near you, you have to flash a bright light to get rid of them, which of course drains power. But let me just reiterate. A version of FNAF 1 where instead of doors, you are boarded in a small room. Uh, hello, hello! Uh, this is just to inform all employees that due to budget restrictions, the previously mentioned safe rooms are being sealed at most locations, including this one. Work crews will be here most of the day today, constructing a false wall over the old door face. Nothing is being taken out beforehand, so if you left anything inside, then it's your own fault. Management also requests that this room not be mentioned to family, friends, or insurance representatives. Thanks again, and remember to smile. You are the face of Freddy Fazbear's pizza. It's a theory. But this might be another aspect of the DLC mocking William, reminding him of all those years locked up within the confined walls of the restaurant until the Fazbear Fright crew found him. The most apparent element of mocking comes from, and ironically perfectly, the game Overscreen. Now, the other two, I admit, they are somewhat stretches and they are theories. They're just my personal interpretations, but this is the only one what I submit is completely factual and intentional on their design principles. Whenever the player dies, they are spawned in a graveyard where one can restart the game or choose another one by going back to the hub. However, unlike Hell Warnet's hub where it was just a dark void with one single computer monitor, this new hub is an entire graveyard with a rich purple sky. Dreadbare, massive and larger than most buildings, towers over you as he reaches over to grab you place you in the graveyard he watches over. In the corner of the graveyard, you can spot a tombstone, one with the same purple electric static, similar to the tape that the glitch trap virus used to reside in. Surrounding it were five other tombstones, blocking it from any form of escape. Behind the player, there will sometimes hear a grinding and destruction of stone. If one turns around, you will find the gate of a cemetery, a metal gate blocking you from your exit. Not that you would want to escape, of course, because on the other side of that gate is a nightmare's version of Foxy, a constant scorching fire burning eternal with a heart beating visible inside of him. The grinding of stone was caused by him scraping his large hook, the size of a sickle and sharp as a scythe. This version of Foxy is known as Grim Foxy, and he acts as the secondary antagonist to the Dreadbear in this DLC, as both are not only present in the Danger Keep Out, but little would one know, the Grim Reaper take on Foxy would be the one guarding Vanessa's prize, as Vanessa's project was locked away in a cellar in the center of a massive corn maze. Be sure to keep this in mind because I'm going to be referring back to it real quick.
My wife I know endured far better, but I could always tell her heart being strangled each time I saw her in her bed. My lab had recently been given a mysterious bubbling liquid mercury from an unknown third party that was just simply labeled Remnant. They couldn't disclose where or how they got it, but informed us that we could have as much as we needed to continue our research into it. What I had discovered was that this glowing silver mercury could be used to make already living beings more powerful through the power of positive memories. I recalled an old lecture I had went to, where a doctor had hypothesized that negative emotions could alter people's actions and influence negative thoughts onto others. My colleague, Dr. Taggart, decided to invest his time studying a negative emotion for whatever reason. I, on the other hand, decided to test my own hypothesis using this unique substance. My theory was that if negative emotion could influence a subject mentally, could positive emotions and positive thoughts alter a subject's physicality? I wanted to save my daughter, but if worse came to worse, I also wanted to remember her. So I designed a pendant to the shape of a heart and used remnant as a base for the metal. That pendant still rests around my daughter's neck. For a few nights after I gave it to her as a gift, my daughter started to walk again. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When Vanessa finally gets in the corn maze minigame, she was surprised to discover she had completely free mobility within a game world. In Core Maze, Vanessa is appropriately placed in a dark maze of wooden fences patrolled by Grim Foxy. Various cutouts of the Fazbear Gang are littered around the area. Whenever this Reaper Fox spots her, he immediately charges after her. She can't outrun him, and her only option is to hide behind these cutouts to lose him. There are four gates to leave the area, colored red, blue, yellow, and green. It can only be opened if the player has the key of the same color. If any other person wants to beat the game, they will simply have to grab a colored key and go to the matching gate to escape. And you win. A very conspicuous cellar door sits behind her with a large padlock. However, none of the four colored keys would open it. She decided to collect every key to see if something new would happen. Strangely, Grim Foxy seemed to become faster and better at tracking her after every key she collected. Almost like the more keys she got, the more aggressive he became. It was a difficult process, 
where she was eventually able to collect all the keys of the maze, after which a bell toll is heard echoing throughout the maze. After a few more minutes of searching, Kaza trying to throw her scent off from Grim Foxy, she was eventually able to find a new key hiding inside the maze that she had never seen before. A purple key in the shape of a padlock to the cellar. She smiled and grabbed the key excitedly, only to feel her spine shiver at the sound of a large scrape of Foxy's sight. She turned around and saw it approaching, its metal feet stamping into the ground. She went to hide behind another cutout, but Foxy was no longer fooled. It pulled around and jump-scared her as if it was aware of her position now that she was holding that purple key. Add to his aggression, it seemed like he was actively trying to make it near impossible for her to get inside that cellar. Now, rewind and think back to the game of screen I talked about before. The one where Dreadbear loomed over a graveyard and Grim Foxy lingered behind the cemetery gate. Now recall, what two characters are associated with golden bears and foxes? William's two sons. The reason I mentioned the game over screen was mocking of William, and why I believe it is the one that is clearly intentional and supposed to be obvious in its metaphorical meaning, is because the game over screen is literally a representation of William's greatest fears. On one hand, he has lost his physical vessel and is among the dead now, but even in death he can't escape his sins as we saw in Ultimate Custom Night. Golden Freddy, whom I believe to be his son, check out episode 13, the one you should not have killed for my stance on Golden Freddy's identity, but regardless of his identity, it is still Golden Freddy looming over, ready to welcome him back into the void and punishment of hell. Him watching over a graveyard, an entire symbology of death, is a representation of William's fear of dying. Meanwhile, there's Grim Foxy, who represents William's fear if he returns. The creature exists outside the gates, outside in the world of the living, but is still an agent of death, hence the Grim Reaper motif. Now, I don't think I need to go into much detail as to why Grim Foxy is a representation of Michael, as it's pretty on the nose. Michael is heavily associated with Foxy ever since FNAF 4, and also acts as an agent of death in the series, constantly being the reason for why souls are being put to rest in the first place. And here he is, waiting outside in the land of the living, just waiting for the player to dare make a move and leave the graveyard. This is William's fear of coming back alive again. Recall everyone, Michael was the man that beat him. Golden Freddy beat him too, sure, both in FNAF 3 and UCN, but he was always able to escape death. But in Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator, Michael fully hoodwinked and trapped his father. He is the one person he fears could ruin any plan he has in place because he is the one man that beat him. This comes full circle in the Corn Maze game. Of course, when Vanessa obtains a purple key with the same electric sparks of the glitch trap virus, he automatically knows where she is. It is a gameplay metaphor for what the future has in store. 
this creature is a representation of the man that will always hunt down this monster and will always be in his way. He will always come back and he will always find him. After numerous attempts, however, Vanessa was able to beat the game. She got the purple key, knew the maze at the back of her hand, and was able to maneuver run out with the fox to reach the cellar door. A loud, creaky door that looked heavy to push, but luckily this was a virtual world with absolutely no danger in it. Well, not to her, at least. She walked down to discover a victory screen, a creaky cellar basement with barrels and hay bales stacked rudimentarily. On one of the tables rested her lovely project. It looked better with the VR goggles on. A mask rested on the table surrounded by candles. A white mask. A rabbit's mask with brown spots and large, wide red eyes. She took the virtual mask and placed it on her face. She did a few small breaths as she was actually as if she was getting used to the restriction of breathing that her real mask had on. Till eventually, Vanessa got used to it and calmed her breathing down. She was comfortable, happy, content, perfectly happy to go show it to him. Mask in hand, she returned to the main hub, where the rat plush of the glitch-trap virus resided. She held him close and began to whisper to him. Yes, I hear you. I know. No. There's no miscommunication. I understand. Yes, I have it. I need it myself. I think you would like it. No, no one suspects anything. life and death. 
sure, for the circumstances, such a theory would be cruel and inhumane. But I believe the right elements were in place so you could bring the human back to life. Which means... My wife... With that said, I believe that is a perfect stopping point. With that said, I believe that is a perfect stopping point for tonight's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to stay updated, please consider subscribing, following, or sharing this podcast. It truly helps us broaden our reach. Consider following us on our Twitter at Fazbear Podcast or supporting us on our Buy Me a Coffee page using the link in the description below. Next episode. We are going to do a quick rundown about everything we just learned and what the future possibly has in store. Whatever secrets I missed or didn't have time to go over will be discussed in that episode, along with some future updates for the show and what I plan to do going forward. If you have an idea, theory, or topic you think is interesting that I should cover for the next episode about Help Wanted, go to my Twitter account and let me know on the pinned message on our profile. Once again... I've been your host, Nick, and thank you for listening. Have a good night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.